What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Multiverse Monologues, the podcast show where we like to travel across the multiverses and fandoms that we love to talk about the movies and television shows that accompany those universes. Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Marathon. And if you're watching this on release day, oh. we at Multiverse Monologues would like to wish you all a very Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. It's the Christmas time, it's the Christmas spirit, and this episode is going to air on Christmas Day, so we're all hoping that you are having a great Christmas day and have had a great holiday season uh, so far and are looking forward to a great 2024. This week on the Marvel mm. Movie Marathon, we have a very special episode for Ooh. you. One worthy of dropping on Christmas, X-Men Dark Phoenix. Uh, Dark uh, 2019 Phoenix. saw an ending to very many movie franchises, TV show mm. franchises, with the MCU ending, with Game of Thrones ending, with Star Wars ending. We also saw the ending of the Fox X-Men universe in X-Men Dark Phoenix. And we are here to talk about it, folks. Um, not just me, Ben Rayside, but also introducing the gentleman who helped make this podcast possible. First off, Mr. Ethan Westloff. Ethan, how are you doing? I'm doing good, guys. Merry Christmas. Uh, we're here to plop this very great gift on your shoulders, you know. As mutants have gifts, we're also going to gift you with this. But I'm here, and I'm ready to talk about, what is this, X, X women Dark Phoenix? As, mm, as Mystique yeah. tells us properly, <laughs> The women are always saving the men around here, so we're just going to go ahead and rename it X-Women. All right, we'll get into that. <laughs> but, basically did everything Also here. introducing Mr. Micah Head. Micah, how are you? I can't read your mind, but you can read mine. <laughs> Whoa, he just took a dump on the couch, folks. <laughs> Those of you listening. Like this movie took a dump on us. Oh! oh! Now let's take a dump back. Throw the poop back. This is the monkey show. Since this is Christmas, we all have brought our uh, very own Sprite Cranberries, and we would like to uh, taste test these, open them up on the podcast right now. This is not the first mm. podcast we've done drinking Sprite Cranberry. But... No, but this is the first time we've done it on Christmas. Mm. So, Oh, yeah. Oh, man, that is good Want a Sprite Cranberry? Crispy. That That's going to get us uh, through this, this so podcast. Good, guys. <laughs> I was going to say, not only do we need this because it's Christmas time, but so also because... Good talking about mm. x-men dark phoenix so usually at this point in the show we usually do a little plug uh for our own stuff whether it's instagram tiktok you can check us on any of those but uh for christmas time you know it's the season of giving and mm. uh just recently longtime supporter of the channel he's also been on a few episodes nick widener has oh, just sir. released his very first video uh on youtube you can go over and search fandom files he has released a very excellent summary and review of visions season one so go check out his channel get, because go he's got Nick some, some love yeah he's got yeah. some very cool he's got a great uh, letterbox account too check yeah. him out yes he's yes great. speaking of great let's get into talking about x-men dark phoenix let's enter the x the fox x-men universe for the very very last time it's funny I can't actually remember the last time you were the one risking something. And by the way, the women are always saving the men around here. You might want to think about changing the name to X-Women. During a rescue mission in space, one of the X-Men's most beloved characters, Jean Grey, obviously, is struck by a cosmic force that transforms her into one of the most powerful mutants of all, the Dark, Dark Phoenix. Phoenix. Would love to see that. Wrestling with this increasingly unstable <laughs> power and her own personal demons, mm. very many of them, Jean mm. spirals out of control, tearing the X-Men family apart mm. as they face their most devastating enemy yet, 
one of their own oh. because one of their own has definitely never left and faced them again. Yes. That is your plot summary on Disney Plus of X-Men Dark Phoenix. And boy, oh boy, <laughs> was this <laughs> a month? It was month a plot. after Endgame? A month after Ouch. Endgame, just around. Wow. Uh, and then the X-Men Fox universe comes to an end. Ethan, Ooh. did you, where were you at in 2019 with Dark Phoenix? 2019 with Dark Phoenix, I watched the trailer oh. on YouTube and said, who the heck is going to watch this? Yeah. I um, famously, if you've been listening to the podcast i did not really jump on board the x-men train until we really started doing this marathon so yeah i uh loved endgame and right after that came out i watched this trailer and i had absolutely no interest in seeing this and uh sounds like the rest of the world had no interest in seeing it either so yeah that's where i stand i just watched this for the first time two days ago whoa first time viewing okay micah is this was this your first time viewing Dark Phoenix? Oh, this was my second time oh. viewing. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know when I watched it. I think it was with my dad for the... So uh, if, you, if you're new around here, uh, my dad and I, we went through all the X-Men movies except for Deadpool 2. Um, for re- because he didn't want to have heard this story. This is this yeah. is the last time I get to say it though, That's because true. this is the Very last movie we watched. Very ending for almost everything. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So my dad and I finished on this movie, and we we're just like, well, <laughs> that's done. Then I watched The Matrix, and then we watched The Matrix, and that was my first time watching The Matrix. So I watched Dark Phoenix. <laughs> And then I watched The Matrix I, in uh, the same night because we just didn't want to end on such oh, a bad movie. Man, I hate that bad. Movie. I listen. I I understand watching The Matrix after that. Matrix yeah. is peak. You have to you have to combat Dark Phoenix with The Matrix after so, that. Uh, yeah, I at the time I was advisable. I was uh, if you were here last week, you'll know that I, at the time I was dating this girl who was a Marvel fanatic. Mm-hmm. She saw every single movie multiple times in theaters. I didn't know this came out. She didn't watch oh. it. She didn't even tell me about it. That's how unhyped she was. Did she even see it? I don't even think she My saw God. it. How how much longer after this movie coming out did your relationship with her end? It was November that year. Oh, mm. I think this is the reason. This is the reason. <laughs> this is the crux. It slowly just kind of declined after that. You know, after the Marvel movies stopped coming out, it just. Yeah. Well, what about Far From Home? Ah, we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that next sh- week. Um, dang. Okay. So, so like, even the big Marvel fans weren't going to see this. Nobody I knew saw this. I was the only one who even knew about this movie. Year, like a year later, I didn't watch this till COVID, which I think is very indicative of what happened because this was right along the time when Disney actually bought. Fox. Fox had been its own. 20th Century Fox is huge. They've been their own distributor for a very long time. And now they are finally, I think they got sold for like 55 billion, something like that. It was huge. And Disney didn't really do a lot to market this movie. They kind of wanted this movie to kind of peter out and kind of do nothing. I, you know who did see this movie in theaters though? No way. This guy, Mason, shout out to you. Uh, we Man, went you drag somebody along too. <laughs> I what they're or or, or We were on a stretch you? in the summer of 2019. We just went to the theaters and saw like a bunch of movies. And I remember going out of the theaters because I had heard so much negative 
press about this movie. I remember being like, oh, that's not that bad. This movie was not as bad as the press made it out to be. And that's really all I thought. I, I genuinely forgot this movie so quickly after it came out. And I'm I, watching it now for the second time. I watched this two days ago, and I... I am struggling to remember what I watched. I thankfully so took I, notes for this. Yeah, I was trying to reference. I mean, as you guys know, sometimes we put uh, very obscure references up on up on our display here. So we've got movies here. We've got all these X-Men movies. We've got Interstellar. We've got Charlie Brown Christmas because it's Christmas. We got, you know, a couple movies out here. And um, then I was like, oh, I should get out my pen. And I was like, right? The pen, right? And you guys were like, huh? What? Yeah, what? No. Still don't, still don't know what, I, what this didn't pen explain means. When like Charles don't... first meets Jean Grey in oh. the hospital, he's like, let me give you this. This is a gift. That is actually, a, is, that's a great that's scene, like actually. That's like the whole yeah. movie is based on in the hospital when, you know, and then before she gives up her powers and is like, I'm about to die. Oh, let me think about... This the, actually the one that I referenced earlier when he's like, I can't read your mind, but you can read mine. He throws those memories back at yeah, her okay. of the hospital, giving her that pen. Use this gift. Are you going to use it for good or are you going to use it for evil? That's how you can use this gift. And that's why I put the pen okay. up there. Yeah. Mm, that's sure. how forgettable this movie is. The <laughs> I, main, I don't really remember that scene. Like the main part of the movie. Is the flashback, Ben, at the hospital? I, I don't. With even, kid, kid Jean Grey? Yeah, I don't. I, I remember there being. Like the old opening is a, a flashback, I'm pretty sure. But yeah, that's I the opening. The opening's with the pen. Yeah, yeah I, I don't. Yeah. It's, I also don't really remember the ending of this movie very much. Like the whole. When after, did you after watch the, this? After two days ago. Okay. After the train sequence, I don't remember. I, I almost don't even remember how it like ends. It, how well, does it end? I watched it, it like ends, twenty minutes ago. I know she's they're playing chess. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I remember that. But I, thought like it, with, I thought it was going to end Gray. like the end of Dark Knight Rises, where they're at the coffee shop. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I remember. I remember now. She she goes reference here. She goes. She flies up into space and just goes away, right? Yeah, and then explodes like yeah. Dark Knight Rises. It explodes. She explodes. Yeah, it explodes because all the power into the phoenix into the phoenix like thing, and then everyone's like. Everyone's like, yeah, she's dead. This is it. She's gone. And everyone's One like, yeah. Most beloved character. Oh, and then they named the school after her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. The Jean Grey School of for Gifted Students. Oh, spoiler alert, guys, for those who have not seen this peak movie. Oh, man. What, you man, guys? Is this... So, wait, okay, wait, wait. <laughs> Before we... <laughs> We're beating on the bush here. Ethan, did you like this movie? Uh, n No. Well, come I, on! You gotta <laughs> give me a little more than that. No, see, I want. I, it just it was so forgettable, and is it, this one is under two hours, but it has that. You just get fatigued watching oh, it. Oh man, yeah. You pause that spirit it. of vengeance. Like wait a second. I paused it an hour in, and I was like, "What? We? I still have another hour and a half of this. This story, like, it never. There's no like Act One, Act Two, Act Three. Or, I mean, there are, but they're not tight at it's all. It's not very distinct. Jean has no character distinctions. Oh, and we're expect she's the main character of this movie. It's Dark Phoenix. This is technically, I guess, our third female-led film. She's the lead character. I can't even remember one like pivotal scene with her that gets you endured to her, gets you invested. Because they do that. The president calls him on the phone. Yeah. He's like, hey, the spaceship is going berserko. The X-Men flies up there. Very fun, like, 
very X-Men 90s-esque. They hop in a jet. I actually really like that They scene. fly up to yeah. space. They're a team. That's fun to see. Then Jean Grey gets these alien, the Dark Phoenix power, takes her over. And the rest of the movie is just her going into this. But it fe- the movie never s- makes her the main character. No. It mm-hmm. always feels like she's sidelined in her own movie to a character like Charles, a character like Magneto, a character like Mystique. I'm pretty sure Eric Magneto doesn't show up till about the 50 minute mark. Well, no, no. Hour 20. Hour 20. That's the issue with these, (laughs) these X-Men movies. Even when Wolverine was a part, you could kind of take him as the main character and kind of, okay, if there's one character I can hold on to and go with them on this journey through the good or the bad, it's, it's Logan. Mm -hmm. But with, with Apocalypse and with now Dark Phoenix, they can't pick a main character. There's too many of them, and none of them really... You're never endeared fully to any one character. Even Charles, even Magneto, who have some really good moments in this franchise, you never really are like, okay, where do I where do I center myself? Mm-hmm. Like in the Marvel film, you in the MCU films, you have Tony, you have Cap. Mm-hmm. Honestly, almost any of the Avengers you could pick and you know, throw a bone at, okay, I'm really interested in what they're doing right now. And in these movies, you just it's never are. It's a big reflection of, like, current Marvel. Yeah. Like, where, where are our main characters? Who mm. who am I supposed to care about? And, okay, Gene is the main character I'm supposed to care about. And the movie does no work to do that. Yeah. And does no work to really make her compelling in any way. Yeah, this is a character. Is this technically her second Movie in this timeline. Third? Wasn't first class? What, she was not in first class. Was she in Days of Future Past? She was not in Days of the Future Past, so she was only really? in Apocalypse and this okay. one. Yes. Yeah. Yes, you so are correct. her second movie, it's... Th- so, to me, the the Dark Phoenix storyline is exactly what uh, Sony tries doing with the Sinister Six. Sony, time after time, okay, Spider-Man 3, mm. let's throw a lot of villains in here, kind of get a pseudo... You know, only three villains, but we'll try. And then The Amazing Spider-Man 3 was set up as a Sinister Six film. And now, uh, with Morbius, they have uh, Michael (laughs) Keaton landing in the Morbius, the peak universe. And they're just, all right, let's do it. Let's do a Sinister Six. And this is our, is this only our second time with this Dark Phoenix storyline? Correct? Yep. Yes. But still, they're trying it again. Well, (laughs) what's really odd is that in Apocalypse... She very much displays some very powerful, very unstable Phoenix-like powers. And then in this movie, she's fine. She gets until... it from the space. I don't know. It's very inconsistent. All right, fine. All We're right. bringing up the timeline. I think okay, uh, it... first, first, let me say some things about just general things yeah, about. Did you like this movie, Micah? So I, I didn't very. I didn't really like this movie. No, <laughs> but I think it's a good reflection on as to what some previous movies did right that we didn't really acknowledge. Uh, for example, I think Apocalypse does groups better than Dark Phoenix because it keeps them all together. Like we, we have, they, they stay in their group that they need to be in for the whole movie. It's not like how Beast left them an hour and a half into this movie and then he's on Magneto's side and then they're back together and then... 
it's too convoluted. There's too many things going on. They need to tighten things up. They should have made things start sooner, make things end later. And they just don't have any of that in here. It's like they just kind of threw things together. With, they, had, they had a screenplay or something. They had like this, okay, we want... Dark Phoenix to do the Dark Phoenix things. We want a space saving thing. We want a, all this stuff to go into Dark Phoenix to make her have the powers. And then we want these aliens to show up. And then we want, it's just like, and then, and then, and then, and then. But there's no but thens. There's no like, oh, I didn't expect that to happen. There's no like. It's just, it, and then this happens. Yeah, yeah. It, and then this happens. It doesn't matter. And like, then this none happens. of this matters to, to the viewers. Why do we have to care about these aliens? Why don't they oh show gosh. us any any power? There's no power dynamic in this. It's just like kill them, ooh, get them, and then <laughs> get even em. even in Captain Marvel, where there's a huge power dynamic, right? Yeah. At least they gave us some restriction to it. In this movie, it's like they're trying to be Captain Marvel, but they don't. They lean into it less yeah. than Captain Marvel. Well, the creatures does. are very scroll esque, but they, they are. Even what, the little bit of credit we gave Captain Marvel was they do lean into that scroll shape shifting stuff a little bit in the beginning. This movie doesn't do any of that. No. And there's also a note I made don't the alien creatures before they transform into humans, they look exactly like Vecna from Stranger Things. Yeah. I don't know if you guys got a good look. Originally, I thought it was now Groot. You said I thought that. it was Groot species. <laughs> it's, it's this brown, fleshy kind of thing. Yeah. And dude, the, they are so throwaway in this movie. Jessica Chastain, who is a, like a huge actress. Why is she in Randomly this? <laughs> showing up and doing nothing. Literally what garbage to your acting. What do they do except provide a pretty entertaining action scene on a train at the end? What do they do? You are there's such a but central why is that, element why is into that scene the plot. Entertaining. I'll I'll get to that. Magneto. I, that's so, that's my so for I, I agree. I agree that this movie is terrible. I, I agree with that. But I do like certain elements in this story. Yeah. I, I think there are some really, really good elements. The villains are not one of them, man. They are so terrible. They have some of the worst dialogue. The writing in this movie is also terrible. But you talk about it being unfocused, Micah. Mm. You talk about it being unfocused. And I will tell you this right now, that this movie had a to get a massive, massive reshoot because it its ending was very similar to Captain Marvel. And so the whole train sequence that kind of comes out of nowhere was not supposed to be the ending of this film. Really? Jean Grey was supposed to go up into space, and as the aliens were coming down, just like in Captain Marvel, absolutely destroy so this, all of the Is this crap. like the only female-led movie they can come up with as a Captain Marvel story? <laughs> I, I think they were coming up... I, I don't think they were planning on making it as similar, but because Captain Marvel was coming out earlier, Disney nixed that and said nope you got to come up with something different dang so we get a train thing at the end not that it saves the movie or anything no. but <laughs> and you can tell like this this movie is directed by simon kinberg mm. who his directorial debut has never directed this a movie is uh, before. how how much involvement did simon have in star wars rebels What's his hand? He was one of the co-creators. Okay. But he never directed anything. I think he was a writer on some episodes, but I mean, he, he had a big hand in that. Right. He also has had a huge, yeah, no, he's done some good stuff. He's also been with the X-Men franchise for a very long time. He's produced quite a good amount of the X-Men movies and 
Uh, he was yeah, actually he... one of the writers on The Last Stand, mm. which also tried to adapt the Dark Phoenix storyline. He, so, likes, he likes the Dark Phoenix storyline. I guess. He wants to try it. To me, though, this movie would have been so much better if it was rated R and actually went and was dark. Imagine imagine this, gentlemen. Let me throw this out there real quick. Imagine you have a Jean Grey who is on her wit's end at the at the start of this film, and she just goes berserk. Well, and that's what the trailers kind of made it out Basically, no, 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 but like, this is the end of the Fox X-Men universe. We've basically established at this point that it's a new timeline, because I don't know how in 10 years from this point they look like Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen, so just do your own thing. And guess what? Have her literally go and basically just kill everyone just have it be super dark you have movies now like deadpool and wolverine if you have gene gray out there working uh... all the x-men characters how much more interesting would that film be than just another regular slog i think it it's much bigger than just an r rating though you have to come in with an actual story and the the thing that makes this story so compelling in uh, the animated series, and I haven't read through the comic storyline yet, but uh, is you know who Jean Grey is and what she stands for before she becomes a Dark Phoenix. Like, it would be like, okay, if uh, uh, Bully Maguire happens in the first Spider-Man movie, we have no contrast to know what this guy's like before. Yeah. We don't know who Jean Grey is before, so her being evil and dark phoenixy it does nothing for us as viewers we don't the only don't thing to base it off of is the original x-men trilogy yeah and that was so long ago in a different timeline <laughs> also something that really hurts is sophie turner is not that great at acting no she's in not. this she, in this we have to i haven't seen anything else she's, seen anything else she's done but she has been in a lot of stuff so she's not but great I, in this movie i think it also has to go with the script is just so bad. Oh, yes. The script is so bad. I feel like every other line was, uh, you can't do this. Oh, yes, I can. <laughs> Boom. And then they do it. And it's like, that's so stupid. <laughs> and, and it's just like, every time they do that, I'm like, okay, please. This is the last one they're going to do, right? And then they say... <laughs> I can't read your mind, but you can read mine. Like they just say one line and then say, "But the other thing can do this." So many times. And why? Why? It's so. The writing is very lazy. The, in this. These X-Men yeah. movies are the literal definition of you just you just forgot how to make movies and you lost your story. Like yeah. how you, hard could it be to write a compelling? There's so many shows like that they could have they could have taken the exact script from multiple episodes like arcs of X-Men shows and lined them up into one concise movie and just a, pump those out. Why there, is this so hard? Yeah, there's a whole arc in the animated series on the Dark Phoenix. Yeah, it's the only one that's even closely done it right. Mm. But it these X-Men movies are so funny because I was literally driving here. On my way to rec- on the way to record this, and I was thinking, man, it's so weird how a- so many of these X Men movies just suck, and uh, we don't care about them. I forget about. I don't even remember Apocalypse. Yeah, what well, that yeah. happens in Apocalypse, but then I'm just sitting there and I'm like, man, X Two is really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Days of Future Past, awesome. Even the Wolverine movies that Lo- he started, Logan. Awesome. Yep. Yeah. And X-Men Origins Wolverine had some cool stuff in it. Like that was memorable. Mm, no. 
What? No, no, like that was no, memorable. No, no, no. I agree with Micah Sucks. on this one. I agree. Sucks. Even if it was buns, there was still some. Oh, let me fix the, the Anybody poster. in the first X-Men movie, there's elements of good. There's just, with with, with the MCU, it's, a, it's either good or it's average. Like, my thing is, with this though, how many times do we need to see Charles and Magneto playing chess and for us, like, are we supposed to care now? Like, the first, when they did it in first class, you're like, oh, that, that that's cute. They're nice all, homage. They're homaging the first one. Yep. But then, have we seen that, like, four more times <laughs> since first class? Yeah. Who cares anymore? Like, And they've taken the story so far already. Like, they've done time travel. They've done uh, timelines. They've done um, post-apocalyptic. They've done, you know... Everything and now they're going back to a normal beige story with aliens, and they've done that all. And they've done that already. Us to too. care about any, almost any of their main characters. Like the aliens are kind of a dumbed down version of the Sentinels in a way. Like they don't have the power stealing thing. They just have the look. Ste- like even with why wasn't it just Sentinels? Even with current yeah, Marvel, right. there still feels like there's. A loose sense of direction. Loose. I'll say that. Loose sense of direction. I agree. But the X-Men movies, it always just felt like, okay, let's just make another X-Men movie. It never felt like and they then. were trying to... It's another and then. And not yep. that we need an and then, because movies can stand on its own, be its own great thing. But it it always felt like, okay, let's... Uh, I literally wrote, I wrote, they phoned this movie in. Right? Like, let's Everyone just, let's just make this movie. Let's just throw it out there. Like, yeah... Uh, Jennifer Lawrence doesn't even bother to put on the makeup for this movie. She's like, all right, paint my face blue, kill me off. I'm, like, I'm done. Dude, she she, she didn't want to be in this she movie. She gets the bag. And all, like, she's in the most X-Men movies now. Well, yeah, and, and another huge unfortunate aspect in this film is that she has been really the main focus of the last three movies. And she... Underutilized. When you make her the main character, the main female-led character of all the X-Men movies leading up to this, and then you try and make Jean Grey the main character, you're going to have problems. And she dies instantly in this movie. Quicksilver's taken out because they have to sideline oh, him. Dude, what the, that's oh, got to be man. the biggest sin of this movie. Oh. Is liter- So, to me, the, I'm going to go on record saying this. My favorite display of superhero powers throughout this whole marathon has been Quicksilver. Oh yeah. And his his kitchen scene and his mansion scene in the X-Men Apocalypse. Yes. Like the power set and the way they display the power. So cool. It they just do it so well. I think about that that's what's so great about the Days of Future Past is I think about that kitchen scene like every other day. It's just such a great scene. <laughs> really? I'm not even kidding. No. I, time in a bottle. It the, to me, that's it's one of good. the all-time great scenes that we've experienced in this marathon. And the fact that you don't even try to... A great actor, too, in Evan Peters. And you don't even do anything with him at all. It, it totally feels like, oh, shoot, what are we going to do with Quicksilver? Oh, and they don't even try to so, give him something to do. That scene where uh, the Phoenix takes out Quicksilver and Scott. If you watch them both fall, it is the most pathetic fall you've ever seen like go back if you ever have time go rewatch the scene the first time that the team fights the dark phoenix she like wipes him out it's the same scene right before uh mystique dies but scott he falls on the ground and it's like like 
if you ask someone to lay down on the ground, that's what it looks like. He's just yes. yeah. Okay. You know what I'm yeah, saying? I know exactly yeah. what you're saying. He like he goes down slowly. Like, <laughs> is this supposed to be slow? All right, let's I think I think Gene what, does what? that a couple times. I noticed that not only he does it, Cyclops does it, and uh, is his name Cyclops? Yeah, Cyclops. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Her name? No, no, no. Cyclops. His, his name. Yeah. yeah, his name. And then uh, Magneto yeah. even does one too. Where they they do like the general fall down, and I think it's because <laughs> I think it's because Gene is like oh, you know, moving them down. Time. Oh, okay, okay. I don't know. That's, like, that's my head cannon. Sure, but there's no I like, like it. hand movement that goes. You know what? It. That really changes this movie a lot for me, Micah. You know what? You this know, is okay. a ten. I we've been wow, we've I been mean, pretty negative so far. And guess what? We're not going to stop being negative because this movie is not that great. Nope. But I would like to bring up a positive of this movie, uh, mm. and that is the 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 city mm. scene, the the scene where all the X Men come in one by one and try and take on Dark Phoenix. Logically, script wise, it might not all be there, but what she does is she's sitting on top of the handrail, and 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 Eric comes in. And he tries to reason with her. He tries to overpower her. And then she just kind of starts crushing his helmet. And then it's like, holy, it's kind of getting dark to that point. And then Eric comes in. And then uh, um, they almost go to Professor X comes in. He comes in and then she makes him get out of his chair and start walking up. Like, that's kind of sadistic. And it's kind of cool that for a moment I'm sitting there. I'm like, okay. All right, I'm kind of into this. It's very dark right now, and you are making him walk, and he's like, Gene, please don't do this. <laughs> like, I actually really, really like yeah, that scene. Yeah. And I, that's that's kind of what I think about this movie. There's certain scenes that I really like. that, And it frustrates me. This that movie work. frustrates me because it could have been, it could have mm-hmm. been really well. But it could have been really well done. The elements you like from this movie, did this movie do that, though? To me, all the elements I liked about this movie was when I was reminded of past X-Men movies where I went, oh, that was cool when they did that then. Or even the characters. The movie does no character work on its own. Mm. It's just, oh, yeah, you know Magneto. Here's a guy. Oh, you know Charles. Here's a guy. Yeah. movie doesn't do anything with those characters. It's just chess pieces on a board they're back this is this is your favorite character he's back he's back i like the opening space sequence to save the astronauts yeah the music is great i want to give hans zimmer a big shout out because his score for this movie is amazing he never phoned it in i think he was the one person on this whole production who didn't phone it in. he wrote over 16 hours of music for this and it makes certain scenes really it elevates those scenes just because of how good it is and that beginning sequence where they take off and he's talking to the president he's like we're on the way and Hans Zimmer's score is booming that's really good he elevates this movie better to what it is he usually does that yeah he wrote the score for a different movie he didn't write the score for this movie that (laughs) I I feel like everything is there but the script and maybe a few actors like if they just tune the script a little bit like the the sets are pretty cool like the magneto's little uh mutant hideout i think that was pretty cool yeah. and good idea the ideas that they have there where um like the helicopters are you know destroyed not the way that they lead into it but there's some visuals in this movie that really work for me the space sequence really works for me yeah. but 
the lines that they say just the writing is so bad the writing so, I, the, I think that this is one of the worst scripts we've had on the cast like uh, ever uh, and we've yeah, seen some yeah. trash yeah, and, yeah we and, have and there was nothing in this movie was comedic for me i mean a couple of quicksilver lines but that was it so it wasn't um, trying yeah, to all of his lines in the movie. Yeah, it wasn't trying it was to like be funny. It wasn't trying to I mean it was trying to be no, an action you, movie, you but it was hell. This was like okay, Logan came out. They loved that. It's serious. Mm. This movie's going to be darker, so we kind of have to make it more serious too. No jokes. This no guy's nothing. like, "Oh, I I just got out of Interstellar. Um all right, let's get Hans Zimmer. Let's uh let, let's do a space thing where where they're like spinning. How did um, you get Hans Zimmer, dude? Oh, oh, let's uh Money. I love Dark Knight Rises. What if like they fly out and they explode and then they go to a uh like a like a cafe in the middle of a foreign country and then like we see the return of our hero mm. in off in the distance. Mm. Like, <laughs> that's this movie. That's all it is. You know what? That this movie's actually quite genius. When you put it that way. Wait. Yeah, wait. I think we don't understand it because I think our minds it's trying to be like a Christopher Nolan. Our movie. minds are We're too not weak. supposed to understand it. We're too weak, guys. We're just supposed to go along for the ride. We Maybe can't. if it were ex woman we would understand yeah. it. Oh. Maybe if they just really spoon fed Dude, it to we're us. We're going back to the writing. <laughs> a professional Hired who wrote the writer this? who wrote this trash? Simon Kinberg did ah! the director. He directed and wrote it. <laughs> he wrote. So poor guy. He Charles is trying to explain. <laughs> I'm sorry. I I can just see him in a room like writing with crayons. Like I can handle this power, but you can't. <laughs> he's writing with crayons. So what? <laughs> like, what? I feel like he's laying belly on the floor with a. Construction so paper what is kicking you, his feet up. What in makes the air? you cringe more, that line from Mystique, or um, the scene in Endgame with all the women teaming yeah, up? Yeah, the line from Mystique, one hundred percent. Oh yeah, okay. I don't care. It's way too on the nose. They don't. <laughs> like at least they didn't say anything. That about one's it on the game. nose, but in Endgame, but I don't. I mean, okay, whatever. It, I mean, it takes me out of the moment, but this makes me legitimately like, angry. Like, what are you doing? What is? What is? You're you hired to write this epic Dark Phoenix movie, and this is what this is a line that you write. Charles is like he they're having some conflict, and Charles really is in the wrong in this movie. And actually, that's one of the positive elements I think I like about this movie is that they actually go farther at making him the villain than I think they ever go in any of these X Men. Yeah, movies. I guess the line. It's funny. I can't remember actually remember the last time you were the one risking something, and by the way. The women are always saving the men around here. You might want to think about changing the name to X Woman. No, so because and I like the idea the that problem, they have. I don't. The they, with they, that. they bring up the idea of okay, Charles isn't making good decisions. He should be kept in check. They don't go with it anywhere. They bring it up twice in this movie, right. but they don't do anything to change him. They don't have like a confrontation. Well, they no. don't. They don't. He doesn't make a decision in the movie where like he's like, you know what? I take it back. No, we got to do no, something else. No, no, not, they do. They do actually. They they have both of those elements. Beast and him have a conversation at a table, where he basically tries to get him to admit that he's wrong. You you still won't admit. Oh, it. Yeah. You're sitting at a table. You still won't. It. That seems actually really good. You still won't admit that you're wrong. He's like, I I protected her. You you don't I think understand. That was that because they were sitting down for me. And wait, which one? I think because they were sitting down. Why is Charles they not sitting down? No, like no, a, like Beast. What are you talking okay, about, well, bro? <laughs> and then also on the train, 
Charles also is like, I was wrong. This is all. All of you are. How do I remember this, man? I I remember more this movie than I thought. Why am I defending this movie more than I want to? What the heck? Can leave. No, but that is such a like. Because the beginning of that is such a good argument. Like, when was the last time you, Charles, were out here risking your butt? Us, us as your team, we're out there every day, and we see like, uh, Mystique die later because of that because he sent them out. Yeah, so it does. The movie sets up a really interesting idea in that right there in that line, and they take it right away. And then the movie, the rest of the movie, makes you forget that you're living and a while. <laughs> you want to take a nap? Yes, indeed. I don't know if you're going to adapt the Dark Phoenix storyline from the comics, and I have not read it, nor have I watched the animated series version of it. But I feel like you're going to need more than an hour and fifty six minutes. That's all I'm saying. All right. Please don't make this movie any longer. I don't want to see more of not this, this movie, movie, but a better. Movie. I want to see Hans Zimmer's movie. Someday, that, that's yeah. something, guys. That's something we can hold on to, with whatever the messy direction the MCU is going. They have attained the rights to be X Men. Let's just tell good X-Men stories. We see the potential, but we've also seen you can fall. Like, formulaic is the definition of these movies. Yes. These movies are so formulaic, and now they've reached a point where the formula, they've repeated the formula so many times that in that process, they've diluted the whole thing. It's not even fun to drink anymore. The drink is gone. It just sucks. Yeah. Too much ice. Too much ice. It yeah. just melted away. Melted away. I like and, that. You know, ice is good at first, but then you just get a couple action sequences, a couple, you know, character things, and then they don't have any actual issues, and then the movie's done. That's but it wasn't even quick and painless. I think that's the biggest no, thing for me is that it was drags. two hours long. And yeah. We've had some quick and painless movies where it's like, all right, you know, maybe if this were two hours, it would have been bad. But since it was an hour and 20 minutes, it was fine, you know, but <sighs> yeah, going back and watching first class really changes your whole perspective on the younger version of the X-Men, mm-hmm. because now, whereas like because in everyone's mind, first class and Days of Future Past are really good films. Will you rewatch first class? First class. Is dog water. Oh, it's so bad. So bad. Yeah. So now it's like, okay, this past X-Men timeline literally only exists for that one movie, which is a great movie. It's a really good movie. Is it it five or six? Days of Future Past. On our list. So it's first class, Days of Future Past. Oh. On our our list. Where we ranked it. Where do we rank Future Past? I think it's six now. It wasn't top five until I I think Logan bumped it out. out. Um, ninth place. Ninth. Oh, it's okay. ninth. Still top ten though. That is true. It'll probably end this leg in our top ten. I hope. Second I place really, for uh, yeah, non MCU really... projects though. Oh no, third place for non MCU. That's true. Unless we give Dark Phoenix. Oh, a oh, good yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's not jump the gun right, here. Right, right, nah, right. I just, I yeah. Oh, Spider Man Two might be kicked out of the top it? ten this week, guys. Was it worth it for Days of Future Past? Yeah, I would 100%. say Days of Future yeah. Past oh, yeah. is really Days good. We gotta rewatch that one. I because I've, I've got the road cut. We gotta watch. We say that every time that X Men movie comes along. Well, I've been waiting for once we finish the yes. the Marvel because yes. I'm kind of I'm ready for uh, next week to just yeah <laughs> finish up Marvel and lots of Marvel movies. Man. <laughs> Stay tuned. Our announcement of what our next marathon is going to be. Ooh, yeah. Some Ooh. of you already know what that's going to be. Yeah. yeah. Quick little plug here. Um, I I also 
Last thing I'm going to say positive about this movie. Train sequence. Really, really like the action. Nightcrawler. I think it was hit great action. for me. Magneto. Great action. The guns behind him and around him. That whole slow-mo of the guns rising up. Really like that. I don't and feel like they used anyone else as much as they should have, though. Like, Storm... Why didn't they? Oh yeah! Like really, <laughs> cool. remember back movie. to the X Men trilogy. Dude, remember how beast she was? Not not like beast beast, but like Storm she was in X Men yeah, against Jean Grey again. You remember the funeral scene and it's raining, and then they pan to Storm, and I can't just I can't help but just be like, can't you just like create a barrier around it? You can literally control the weather. I thought about and it. Why is it out here in the why rain? Why is it bro? raining every time there's a funeral? Like I get it; it's supposed to be sad, but it adds, every time it, there's a funeral, there has hey, to be. I, I will contest with that. At the end of Spider-Man One, it is not raining. That's it's true. true. I mean, face. that's why it's peak. That is, oh, oh, that's, that's why it's that's why number it's, nineteen. Oh, <laughs> soon to be number twenty. <laughs> oh, what? Guys, look at this. Number 10, hey, Spider-Man 2. A lot of good movies. Number 19, yeah, Spider-Man. Dang. 25. For audio listeners, we're looking at our, our ranking. Yes. And it looks, it, it's something, man. We're about to add our first list, but 10s across the board this movie. Is something else. Yeah. Mike is finally going to give out a 10. Micah, let's go. Let's go. Is there, do you guys have anything else to say about Dark Phoenix? Let's go. Let's go. Let's continue. Do you guys have a favorite character mm. in this movie? I mean, pretty ensemble cast. Magneto, hands down. Oh, dang it. I was going <laughs> to... I think we all were going to take Magneto. Logan. Oh, <laughs> oh, in memory. In memoriam. Logan yes. is not in this movie. Is this, no, a, he's not. this is the first But he's still alive in that Logan. timeline. This is the first X-Men movie without a mention or scene with Logan. Mm. Yes. And no post credit scene so either. sad. Deadpool counts. And no post credit scene. No post credit. Wait, really? No Stan Lee cameo. Dude, I didn't stay for it either. Actually, I, I didn't scrolled even think through about it. it. Was it nothing? I tried. Yeah, there was nothing. So, oh, okay. really, 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 no Stan Lee. No oh, Stan Lee cameo. Dead by now. Never mind. Wow. Rip. Rest in peace. Wow. Insensitive. Um, why are you taking Magneto? <laughs> because have to give a he's the only one that I feel is at least an eight out of ten character in this movie. My Ooh. my note on uh, my notes. I have nothing about too many characters. But it says my notes. I wrote Magneto is always cool. People right? always dog Michael on Magneto Fassbender for is always cool. This might be the first. Is this the first um, X Men movie where Magneto isn't on like the villain side? He's not like against. Like they don't teeter him between sides. Yeah, he's just a good guy. He's just like you know what on Beast side for a little bit against Charles's. I don't know. Tyrant tree. They, they yeah. still pit them against each other, though. Yeah, yeah, but it's not like he's not against them for the rights of X Men. It's against them yeah. for the yeah, yeah. Because every single against time before, Phoenix. it's been yeah. oh, um, yeah, it's um, Charles for the rights yeah. of you know letting them be working with the government, and then it's Charles or uh, Xavier, or whatever his name is, Magneto against the government control of anything it's not like that he wants one. to be his own mutant civilization yeah which yeah. i think that's cool that we get to see a little bit of that in this movie where he's out on his own he gets this little you know mutant colony and the government said all right you can do this this is like your own kind of free will free area and um i like how that soldier talks to him he's like hey these people have families too what about those police officers that uh that your friend just murdered 
I mean, they've got kids, they've got wives, they've got everybody, and you know, we got to care about them too. And that kind of opened up. Mm. I like that. I like how we can finally. I mean, it only took what one, two, three, four, five, six, ten movies, ten X one movies to get to a point where we can have Magneto see that humans are humans too. <laughs> As he, yeah, yeah. And it was short. Dang, I think that's the only reason why he's an eight. I mean, characters I can give tens, but. Yeah. Ethan, anyone? Um, uh, I liked I liked his pick with Magneto. I think Magneto, Fastbender, yeah, he, he plays him differently than uh, Ian McKellen, McKellen, and McKellen plays it differently than what people loved about him in the comics. But uh, I think he's always phones in a strong performance. But phones uh, in, yeah, phones in. But uh, this movie, I don't. I have. I'm going. <laughs> I'll go Quicksilver. The movie does absolutely nothing to make Quicksilver <laughs> cool, but seeing Evan Peters in there is enough for my love of him in the past movies to go. Yeah, that's my favorite character. Ralph Boner. He appears in this movie. The movie yes, doesn't does. make him my favorite character, but he is in the movie, so I'm going with him. Can I say Hans Zimmer? Yeah, go for yeah. it. Hans Composer. Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer is my favorite character. <laughs> He is my favorite character. I'll go Professor X. Oh, I thought you were going to say the president. <laughs> Richard Nixon? No. <laughs> was it Nixon? No. I don't know. I don't know at this point. The, it's supposed to be in the 90s. Can you believe that? No. All these characters, folks, are supposed to be in their 50s. That was such Did a 90s. 50s? Such a 90s movie. Didn't so you get all we, the 90s If vibes? we bring up the Flash logic, that the peak film Flash, that came out this year, didn't it? The Flash? It Maybe it'll appear on our end of the year podcast. Tune in but to find out. The Flash, it presents this idea where if you go into the past... You therefore create an X. Oh, our X-Men comes in. You create an X in the spaghetti strands, changing not only f- the future, but also the past. Call that a flashpoint. So, mm. yeah, flashpoint. So, maybe. What what we can do in our, in our timeline logic, go, okay, Wolverine travels back to the first class timeline, therefore changes the past and the future, which means that every character has different birthdays. So now they're they're younger. Boom. Boom. I'm gonna vomit. Boom. All this Holy cow. All this Ethan just solved it. I solved it, guys. No one's gonna know. <sighs> no one's gonna know. You guys. That is epic. Oh, um, I forgot the flash came out. Okay, hold on. This is the last X-Men movie we're reviewing. Um, for a while, for, for, for a while, for a for while. Now. Yeah. We'll be jumping back into it with our. Would, if we jump back into the so Marvels, <laughs> I was thinking about Mutants. this on the way here, and in the MCU, we still have yet to see two huge, iconic, earth-shattering villains, Magneto and Doctor Doom. We have seen Magneto though in these movies. Is there a definitive version of the character Magneto? Is there a definitive version of? Charles Xavier. There have been multiple actors who have inhibited both roles. Would you be completely open? Like, like say they recast Wolverine. It's like, man, they did, but no one will ever do it like Hugh Jackman. Is that the case with Charles? Is that the case with Eric? I or if the MCU could come along and nail it. They're very well casted. Yeah. I love the cast of of um, you know, Charles and Magneto and both old and young versions, I think, are just mm-hmm. solid choices. I think that's what Days of Future Past solidified so well. Oh, yeah. Is especially that scene where McAvoy gets to meet Patrick Stewart. That scene is just really great. 
where I I get what you're saying. I don't think there's a definitive like ain't nobody going to be better than this guy. Yeah, Hugh Jackman will get that, but we also thought that with Tobey Maguire and now we have three separate four separate if you want to Spider-Man actors that people all love Infinitely in their own way. Separate. So it at first it'll be it'll be hard like oh my goodness who who's this new professor x this guy sucks but i think there's always room open for interpretation and creating new ideas around this character so no i don't i don't think there's a definitive because i think i like fastbender's magneto more than mckellen's magneto I agree. Agreed. Yeah, okay. Oh, 100%. And then it just gives you more freedom with a younger actor to do more stuff. I think McAvoy, the, he never got the story that Stewart got. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't think he plays. He just doesn't look good bald. McAvoy does the not look good bald. Bad. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, he's good in split. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good bald version of this guy. Did you shave his hair for Split? I don't know. I, I don't know. I just watched it. I, it was convincing to me, but I don't usually pay attention to that stuff. He's I'm bald looking split. for it. Okay. All right. That's fair. I, I feel like we could see a better version if they had the better writing. I also feel like if you focused more on them, mm-hmm. it would be better. But favorite scene, Dark oh, Phoenix. Wow. Favorite scene. I forgot we do this. Micah. Do you have a favorite scene? Probably just the, I don't know, the, the space credits? rescue scene, I guess. Oh. But that's not even that great. <laughs> I think it's all right. Um, yeah. There's not much I have to there say about some... it. It looks cool. <laughs> it sounds cool. But it's just like, there's no stakes. It's cool you getting know, a bat phone. You know it's that universe. early in the movie that nothing bad is going to happen to these characters. Yeah. You know that... Dark Phoenix, there's going to be some sort of plot thing that happens where she gets her powers or whatever. and Very predictable. Yeah. It's too what, like whatever, though. It's too... Yeah. I don't, I don't care. It just looks cool. And the music sounds like Interstellar. So any connection to Interstellar, I'm going to like. Ethan? I quite like the opening scene between young Gene and Charles. Ooh. I think that scene is okay, really good. Yeah. And I really... that I, I was like, oh, this is a really strong opening before this movie it I actually do like the scene quite a lot where charles he's talking to gene and she's like why, why do i have this curse and then he you your pen comes in micah where he's like if i give you this pen this is a gift and it's your choice what to do with that gift your favorite scene is the scene you forgot completely before i really no podcast. legit because <laughs> I, I wrote that down in my notes i wrote opening scene was good Okay. Or here it is. Uh, really strong opening. Bro, what? X-Men I, in space. <laughs> like the Fast and the Furious. In space. But I really do like that scene, and it shows the character that Charles can be, and the character that they set up Jean Grey to be, but never really fulfilled mm-hmm. in this movie. I like that scene a lot. It's actually worth checking out. Okay. I'll take the train sequence at the end. I was going to take the opening scene with Hans Zimmer's score and everything like that, but I'll take the train scene. Really good action, in my opinion. I think they do some really cool things with the X-Men characters we've seen many times uh, in the past. Use their display powers. I think Nightcrawler gets a really good time to shine, even though his character never does in these newer films. I'll take that scene. Micah. I want to know what the internet thinks. I want to know the budget. I want to know what this movie made. 
I want to know the details oh. about Dark Phoenix. So much. Because from what I hear, it didn't do very well in any of the categories of what I just listed. All right. I did just have to uh, go through and see if the Marvel's updated box <laughs> office was going to pass it because I heard that they crossed 200 mil. Ooh. And they did. Now the Marvel's is at 202. Oh. But that still doesn't beat oh. the beast. Oh. That is Dark Phoenix at 252. Oh. With a budget of what? 200. Oh, what? <laughs> 200? 200 mil. Yikes. What are the past X-Men movies? I feel like none of them have made it that high. Uh, X-Men... Oh, what was Apocalypse? Apocalypse had a lot. Apocalypse probably Apocalypse was 178, high. but they still wanted... They wanted the budget lower for Dark Phoenix because of how bad it went in the box was office. Was it the reshoots that really... It was probably the reshoots. They had to reshoot the ending. That's probably what made it so expensive. X-Men Last Stand was 210. Days of Future Past was 200. Wolver or Origins Wolverine was 150. First Class was 160. Yeah, I mean, that's... Ugh. Ouch. Dang, um, so it didn't even make its money back. X-Men 1 was 75. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, it, it barely made its money back. 1.26 for its uh, profit ratio. Opening weekend, it made $32 million. The Marvels made $46 million. So this is one of the worst opening weekends domestically that we've had uh, ever. This is... Is this the worst performing? Worse than Punisher Warzone? No way. This Electra? is the worst performing X-Men movie. Okay. okay. Yeah. Uh, actually, strangely enough, just shy of the original X Men movie at two ninety six, X Men or X Men one only made two hundred ninety six million dollars. Got to remember that's before the superhero boom. Yeah, that's crazy. It made. I mean, yeah. it made its budget. Yeah. Almost four times its budget, but still crazy. Um, what does the internet think about this? Movie? Yeah, let's go. To the, let's go to the internet. So, Rotten Tomatoes critic twenty two. Percent okay, Brown Tomatoes audience ready for this? Yeah, 64%. Ooh. 64 <laughs> audience score of 64. Yes, good old audience. That score. means that it's what watchable, never uh, audience scores oh. never let us down. Metacritic 43, Metacritic user 5.4 out of 10, IMDb 5.7 out of 10, and a letterbox score of 2.2 out of 5 gives us an average of 4.7 out of 10. Mm. Putting it at 49th place. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Sorry. 76th place. <laughs> Sorry. I was, uh, that was a bit of a spoiler. <laughs> oh. That's really bad. Hollywood Reporter ranking, if you guys don't know. This is the Ooh. second to last time. Oh, man. Uh, I don't that know That we get this. to uh, for now. look at our Hollywood Reporter ranking. Maybe we can find one for our next watch through, but we will see. So I will ask you guys this. Is our previous movie with dark in the title, Thor, the Dark World, higher or lower higher. than Dark Phoenix? They put higher. It higher. Yep. They There's put it no higher. way higher. that they have... The, dark Phoenix has to be dead bottom. Dark Phoenix is 49th place. <clears throat> I said that earlier. Wait, wait, wait a second. Where is it? Wasn't Endgame around there? Endgame is... Um, Oh boy, where Endgame is 36th place. 
This is 49th. Uh, it's still egregious, but... Just above New Mutants, actually. I have not seen that uh, one. Ouch. Blade is 52nd place. To be my hand here. So, so <laughs> they put Blade as two movies worse, three movies worse than this. Yes. What? Yes. Good, good job. Good job, list. Then Morbius. Well, I mean, Punisher is 57th place. Sorry, When ben. we revisit the marathon Thor in the Dark a couple World years. It's 48th place, just one above, which, Ugh. no, no. Thor the Dark World has a lot more merit well, than okay. it, what it's been given. Dark Phoenix, I feel like they kind of got this one right. This one is... The Hollywood Reporter, anyway. I don't know. Like, I feel like it could go lower. I mean, it could, but, like, I'm not mad at there this There aren't placement. many things underneath this that I would say, yeah, it's it's better than that. Yeah. Like, well, I don't know. Blade Trinity, you know Blade Trinity is down there. The Punisher movies are down there. Ghost Rider's down there. Dude. Fan Four sticks down there. Well, you're going to have a chance to show us what movies are worse right now, Micah. Yeah. Because we're going to give us. Ouch. Give out a ranking. Oh, boy. That's going to be an interesting one. Um, Ethan. Yeah. Let's start with you. Okay. So when talking about Dark Phoenix, you got to just know, okay, yeah, we've had good X-Men movies. This isn't one of them. This movie does no work to make me care about the characters, make me care about the stakes, or even invest me in any storyline whatsoever. From beginning to end, I'm just waiting for the movie to end. And that's what this movie is. And when we have this case, we have to start looking at our list and going, okay, this isn't great, but what is worse than this? Yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. What is worse than this? And to me, movies that spring to mind when worse than this is Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. Oh, yeah. Fant Four Stick. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, Electra. Definitely. Uh, Thomas Jane's Punisher. Definitely <laughs> not. not. That was a knock at Ben. I don't actually. Daredevil. I will say Thomas Jane's Punisher is better than this. I will say Daredevil is better than this. Ooh. Because I love I the agree. character Daredevil and they do. They do just they do enough. put them on screen. They put them on screen, and they edge edge that movie edges out past this one. But that's it still edges, an awful yeah. movie. What did I give Daredevil, Micah? <laughs> you gave Daredevil an eight. Oh, sorry, sorry. You gave Daredevil <laughs> an eight, <laughs> three and a half. Okay, so I gave that a three and a half. And then sorry, what I'm is, just looking at Ben's Thomas Shane Punisher. What is my next lowest score? Uh, I here, gave let that me, a three and a half. It by you. Yeah, by All me. All right. So your Daredevil score is three and a half. Let's see this. Howard the Duck at a two. Okay. Howard so you the got Duck. some room. Okay. So now the main question is, it's in between Daredevil and Howard the Duck. So I, is this better than Howard the Duck? I think it is. I think it is definitely better than Howard the Duck. I disagree. Even though, you, you, you know, the movie did what it did and executed it perfectly. Exactly. It had, a, no, it had a vision. <laughs> And it went with it. And it executed it. This did perfectly. not have a vision. Okay. And it didn't All go right. with it. All right. But I think elements of this movie make this more watchable to me than Howard the Duck. Yeah, Quack Foo's great. So this has to go between Daredevil and Howard the Duck, but it's now much higher than Howard the Duck. Ouch. I like a three. I like a three for okay. this. Solid. Three out of ten. All right. For our third female led film, I will give it a three. Very, very low. That is reaching the bottom of the barrel with this one. This movie is not good. Seems like what 20th Century Fox said when they made this. Dang. Micah. <laughs> what about you? So, similar to me, let me read my bottom five real quick. Uh, we got Ghost Rider Spirit of Peak. Peak. We got Electra. We got Fan Four Stick. That's uh, from 2015. We got 
The Punisher from Tales and Four. Oh, we got Fantastic Four: Rise of the Silver Surfer. That's that's my bottom five. Mm. I think it made it to my bottom five. Yeah, I'm gonna say Rise of the Silver Surfer had some quirkiness to it. Right, a little that fun. made it. Yeah, that made it a little bit watchable. Come on, Silver Surfer um, by himself. The Punisher had some. I mean, the beach scene. I mean, Ben, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I do. I very much do. Gotta love beach scenes all the time. And uh, Fan Four Stick, no, it, it's it's better than Fan Four Stick. Better than Fan Four Stick. There are only two movies on here that I would say are worse than Fan Four Stick, and that's even debatable. Mm. I think I just had bad days for those. Mm. So, uh, I gave Fan Four Stick a two. I gave The Punisher a three and a half. So very similar situation. Exactly like exactly. Me, yeah. So I'm gonna give it a three. Ooh, <laughs> wow! I like that. That actually lined up really well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Wow, you guys are way harsher than I thought you guys were going to be. Well, I mean, okay, like, we so, didn't say much positive about it. I think that so, this movie was so lost I, in its script that it, it, I mean, it, you've said it on the podcast before. If there's no story, if the story doesn't make sense, did the story make sense? And at the end of the day, I, I just feel like it didn't exist. We already said that there are that. no character arcs. None of the characters change. We just have characters at the beginning, and then they're there at the end. Dark Phoenix is just there again, mm-hmm. right? Like, here's Charles and uh, it's just an, playing chess. It's like an episode of TV that, like, you be not like good TV. I'm talking like sitcoms. You start the episode, you got a problem, you work through the problem. By the end, you're done, and it's like you're back to square one. But a sitcom, you enjoy the ride you go on. Yeah, well, sometimes with with a good sitcom, you do. Micah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, I would say this doesn't do anything for me. Mm. I if I had if I wanted to watch Magneto, I would I would watch a different movie. And that's the only redeeming quality of this, and it makes you think of better movies. There's no po- there's no point to watching this. No, for me. But thankfully, you own the 4K. Thankfully, I did spend less than twenty dollars on a 4K Blu-ray. Nice. I was gonna buy a steel book, but it was. <laughs> It probably was a good steel book, though. Oh the man, was I tried buying. Cool. There was a Target exclusive. The art with, was anything. There like was this. there was a Target exclusive by this guy, and it looked way cooler than this. But yeah, I don't know. Ugh, that 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 one is terrible. We're a looking Target at a poster, exclusive guys. steel book. Is no, what no, you're just a normal. Uh, oh, just the normal. This art. guy. Oh. This looked kind of cool. Wait. That is the <laughs> that's a generic. Book. Mike has just pulled up a generic poster for this movie, <laughs> the uh, Force Awakens poster. You see it there? It's that one. Uh, kind of. It looks kind of cool. Zoom. Yeah, Zoom we'll in. open this tiny image and. <laughs> oh, that did nothing. Oh, it looks kind of cool. It would have yeah. been interesting on my shelf. It's a little blurry though. Well, X-Men, this is a ninety-two pixel. X-Men Cafe poem. Oh, so the it. actual cover is not blurry. No. Oh, nice. Yeah. Ben, Dark Phoenix. Yeah. Sounded like you were not as cold as we were. No. Okay. An so, eight out of ten. Wow, Ben, that's insane. I don't like this movie, but I am not. I, I don't think it goes that bad, guys. Like, oh, it's that bad. Yeah, it's not. It really is not. I'd rather I, watch. Daredevil I'd say than I'm this. closer to the audience score than well, you. You'd guys rather watch Daredevil sure. than a lot of things. Daredevil is I'm like, talking about the Ben Affleck oh, Daredevil. Oh, okay, okay. Come okay, on. I think you Come guys on. are forgetting how bad that movie is. 
I really do. That movie is terrible. That's a movie that it's you can go back and laugh bad. at. This one, yeah, yeah, yeah. This like, one. That's isn't. a movie you can go back and laugh at. I though. don't see almost any redeeming qualities in Daredevil in that first Daredevil. There are it none is in this. Cheese. I think there very much is actually. I like. I'm going to defend it right now. Go ahead, Ben. For one, the music is fantastic. Hans Zimmer does not phone it in. At least I get to my ears can experience enjoyment when there's music playing on the screen. My that ears alone are pleased. is very, very good. <laughs> nice. Yes. And I will say this that the acting by everyone, except for maybe <laughs> Sophie Turner, um, is pretty good. Who is the, the name acting, of the movie? Absolutely. <laughs> the acting is very good. Let me let me let me go along with this. I think the action is also very good in this movie. Almost all if of you it. You can remember it. Or I, I do. Even are you know oh. still awake? For me, <laughs> for me, this movie is a dumpster fire of an ending to the X-Men universe, but it is not we've seen some trash on this and and this does not go into that at least for me. It, it does not. I, I think there are some very decent performances. There's some very cool ideas. Does it, it loses a lot of points because the story is so messy, because it's very unstructured, because the villains are terrible. But there are some very good elements to this. The writing, not very good. But I will say the, the action, music, and acting, very good. So does this make it that low for me? No, it does not. Punisher Warzone, terrible. Worse Zero. than this. Blade Trinity, worse than this. Daredevil, worse than this. I'd even say Venom is worse than this movie. Mm. Ghost Rider. Well, actually, we're getting up now. <laughs> is this the worst X-Men movie? Yes. Don't think so. Yes. I don't think so. I, I think First Class no is way. worse than this. First Class is bad, but not worse I than this. I think First Class is worse than this by half a point. I'm giving this a six. Oh, I'm giving Dark oh. Phoenix a six. This movie is rewatchable to you? Absolutely it is. No, it's not. You just because, really? just because. So you're, you're God, absolutely. I am firm on this you fact. You would go back to this movie and say, all right, now, I'm going to put on Dark well, Phoenix on. tonight. But wait because a minute, wait I'm a minute, wait a minute. I, I feel like you a six. You said that I was going to go back and rewatch this movie. All right, I, I think that a six means, all right, when I'm rewatching the X, when I, yeah, to me, when I'm rewatching the X-Men movies, I'm going to rewatch this one. If I give it any less than a six, I'm just going to skip it. I think, no, what, what did the audience give it? The audience gave it a... Uh, 64? 64, right? A 4.7. No, we're talking about Ron Tomatoes. Oh, Ron Tomatoes, a 64. A 64. That is the highest score on anything. I am with that. I am with that score. Well, a little bit less than that score. Really? Everything else gave it less than 60, though. It's bad, but it's not like the worst on our list, for sure. It's not the worst. It's just not But it's at the bottom. It's very bottom. This doesn't reach that level of comedic terribleness that That makes movies enjoyable. Hulk. I give them points for that, though. If it's comedically bad... I personally, I don't. If it's comedically bad, I think it's worth it. Like, Daredevil, if I rewatch that and I have a good time laughing at it, I might give it a couple more points. Mm -hmm. Or I might give it a heart on Letterboxd. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's fair. I I personally, I don't see it that way. I don't see it that way. But with that average, what does that bring it out to be? Let's just say this made our bottom five. (laughs) Wow. Do you want me to just list our, our bottom five? List our bottom five. All right. Micah. Our worst. Bottom of the bottom. Ghost Rider Spirit of Peak. 
At a what? One. Oh. <laughs> a one. A one. Fan four stick, 1.8. Ooh. Electra, 2.6. Mm. Then coming in fourth place, we got Dark Phoenix. <laughs> oh, at a four. A solid four. Solid four. Locked in. Howard the Duck, fifth place. Daredevil, sixth place. Hulk, seventh place. Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer. Is that eighth place? Angley's Hulk, to clarify. Yeah, Angley's Hulk. And Punisher Warzone at ninth place. Blade Trinity, tenth place. Captain Marvel, eleventh place. I'm not going to go through all of them, but I figured I might as well mention Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel out of the bottom ten. Ouch. Guys, Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance is no longer in the top 55. No, that's so sad. All right, another thing I wanted to look at was... um, Just That's for funsies, so just for funsies, I wanted to see um, what the average of the woman <laughs> movies were. Just for funsies, just guys. for funsies, just, just for clicks and ratings, and just for uh, good reviews. For so three hey, white guys. What? Yeah. So what he's hinting around at is uh, technically this is our third female-led film, which you can argue yes. that, but the movie. Uh, Sophie Turner's on the poster. We like to rank trilogies around so, here. So uh, we have Elektra, we have Captain Marvel, and we have Dark Phoenix. What yeah. a what a trilogy, what man! A what trilogy. a roller coaster. Am I right, dude? Yes. Elektra gave a two point six. Captain Marvel we gave a five point one. Dark Phoenix is a four. Averages out to a three point nine four. Uh. Ouch. Our X Men Beginnings quadrilogy: First Class, Days of Future Past, Apocalypse, and Dark Phoenix. Averages out to a 6.51. Unfortunately... Days of Future Past carries hard. Yeah. Unfortunately, it is uh, worse than our other quadrilogy that we just finished up. The Infinity Saga quadrilogy, Avengers. <laughs> what is that, that one? At? Is that? I don't Compare. think you ever a nine point three nine. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah. That's good stuff. <laughs> and right there, comparable, man. our second lowest trilogy would be the Fantastic Four. We Correct. Have, I believe so. Yeah, Fantastic Four is four point three. Venom, Venom's still working Dang. on, but <laughs> Venom's we'll at the, a five point five three. We'll get the Venom trilogy yeah. done one day. One day. One day. One when day. they release a third. I Venom still haven't movie. seen Let There Be Carnage. Mm. I'm Ooh, saving that for the man, podcast. You'll have to I wait. I when would we return to the marathon in a couple years. That's Ouch. right. Or the Marvel movie marathon, at least. Well, guess what, guys? That means you were you're saying we're gonna have to return to it. We only have mm. one. Marvel film oh. left to review on this section of the Marvel Movie Marathon. Parting is such sweet sorrow. As we close out the year of 2023, Far From Home is going to be our last Marvel film that we rank, review, oh, and God. discuss. For if, now. For, for now. now. For now, yes. Until we return in a couple years when Secret Wars is finally done. In 2029. Probably. gave this a six. What the heck? <laughs> Dude. I'm telling you, man. We go back Thomas and forth, Jane Punisher. but the uh, arguments we had today over our Dark Phoenix score are a good tell and a good yes uh, indicator for what the future holds. Oh yeah, when ranking yes because we're gonna have some discrepancies coming up. Yes, yeah. can't wait to talk about how trash Revenge of the we're gonna, is. We're gonna have we're gonna have a whole. <laughs> announcement video for this but again if you're listening this far and you know those of you who have already heard us announce this in the past you probably already know because you guys are the ogs who stick through the old podcast shout out but uh star wars is officially for sure 
our next marathon. We are going to breeze through that. I mean, compared to a 55, 50, what was this, 56? A 57 movie marathon. Uh -huh. Oh, man, we're going to breeze I mean, we through. only have 13, 14, I think, entries into it. We will be doing the Ewok films. I think as it's... Uh, I will be a, watching a the holiday special. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and it, we're going to do the Star Wars movies. And it's going to be very, very interesting mm -hmm. to see what comes about. I have not seen uh, three of them in a while. Um, and I, I have not seen all the rest of them yeah. in a good long while either. It's, it's been a while. So I'll be watching them in a new light, which is uh, part of... Well, I mean, I think we should all watch these in a different way because there are so many. I can't wait to do the announcement yes. video too. I can we, yes. can we record an announcement video tonight too? We're gonna do absolutely. That. We're, we're gonna, gonna do that. that. It's in the docket, Micah. It's all right, in the schedule planning spreadsheet. Oh, that is also on the docket coming up. So starting off in 2024, after you hear our thoughts on the Multiverse Awards of 2023, mm. we are starting with Star Wars. And that is going to be lightning fire because as Ethan hinted out, there are some major disagreements oh, yeah. between our opinions on Star Wars. But one thing we can all agree on is we grew up watching Star Wars. Yes. And in it's one not way, an opinion. In, but. One way, <laughs> in one way or another, we do love Star Wars. Yes. Yeah. Now, what we love about Star Wars, that's, that's where the fun that's where the fun will begin. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So stay tuned for that. Stay tuned for the Multiverse Awards. Again, go check out Fandom Files by Nick Widener. And we all hope that you have a great end of year and a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.